Indie Lisboa Directors Talks é uma conversa sobre cinema entre a nossa equipa e cineastas presentes no festival. Descobre mais sobre os nossos filmes e acompanha-nos em indielisboa.com. Hello, uh, good afternoon. Uh, welcome to another uh, session of the Directors Talk at Indie Lisboa. Um, uh, first of all, I'd like to welcome and thank you the presence of uh, uh, two uh, directors that have filmed here at the festival. Uh, Holly Akursun, uh, which is the director of the film Blue Rose. Um, and um, the, the film is in, in the international competition of short films. Uh, the film is going to show uh, for the first time uh, on the 1st of September here in Kulturgest in the small auditorium at 18.45. And uh, also want to welcome uh, Julian Farro on my, on my right. Um, he has uh, here the film Les Sorcières de Lorient, uh, which is in the international competition of uh, feature films. Uh, the film hasn't screened yet also. It's going to be screened tonight at uh, 9.45 um, at Cinema São Jorge, the big room, Sala Manuel Oliveira. Uh, I'm sure it will be uh, quite an event there. And also the next day, uh, here, uh, near here, Culturgest, also going to show at uh, the library Palacio Galveias uh, in the garden, outdoor session. So I want to welcome again, thank you for for being here in the next hour, we can discuss a little bit about, let's hope that your films, but also some, some things about cinema that we want to enjoy. Feel free to interrupt. This is going to be a very informal uh, conversation. Just because uh, the films, uh, or also because the films haven't shown yet, and people are listening to it to us, and will have the possibility to to come tonight or the other sessions. I want to start by asking uh, both of you, so you can briefly dis uh, present your films, for because people haven't seen it yet. So maybe I'll, uh, maybe you can start. Thank you, Julian. Uh, Julian, Car Car Carlos, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm confused. Uh, yeah, so the film is in short program, but it it's maybe the longest of the shortest. Mm -hmm. So it's 53 minutes long, and uh, it's a documentary. It's a film essay, um, and uh, I would not say it's about flowers because for if you see it from the formal perspective, it is about flowers, but of course it's about humans and uh, people, histories told through the language of flowers and through the stories of flower world that surround us. And uh, in the film, uh, I would say each uh, person would find something that would echo with his or her own uh, sort of emotional state or ideas or thoughts because for some people uh, after i mean i speak with people after they watch the film it's a film about the childhood and you know the sadness of losing the this naivety and purity of childhood for some people it's the film about plant economy and the commodification processes of capitalism and the world we live in and uh, how nature is commodified for others it's the film about the pagan rural festivity in spain so it's it has a sort of like my initial intention was to create this sort of a a box uh, that you find somewhere in the attic and you like you open it and it's full of small secrets and stuff and you unpack it, unpack it, unpack it. So it's like really full of small stories, but uh, each story is somehow connected to the flowers. Yeah. So then I guess it's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> um, my film is also a documentary mainly based um, and made um, from found footage and also a new shooting. It's about um, a volleyball team and that was uh, very successful in, in the 60s, a Japanese women team. And I, I came across uh, to uh, the story of the, the name, uh, the, the Witches of the Orient, it was their nickname. Um, I came across to this story through uh, through archives, through film archives, through a footage. Um, I'm in charge of a film collection in, in Paris, uh, at, owned by the, the French Sports Institute. And a volleyball trainer um, 
came to my place at the Cinematheque uh, more than 10 years ago, and he bring uh, a 60 millimeter uh, can. So we watched the film, and I was really surprised and stunned by what I saw. It was the training of um, a volleyball women team that was training very, very hard. And uh, it was very far from the standard. In the 60s, nobody trained like this. And the speed of their drills, um, the intensity of the, the training session was really uh, impressive. But it also reminded me, all of a sudden, to, uh, to, uh, to an anime I used to watch when I was a kid on French TV. And it was, um, it was amazing because this anime was very popular in France and in many European countries, but no one knew that it was inspired by a true story. So it was like uh, uh, an, an awakening, you know, how it's possible, because the, the footage was so much alike. So I just uh, started to, to know more about those witches, and um, the more I knew about them, the more my desire to make a film on them uh, increased. So I, I, I discovered um, fantastic stories about them because they, they were all lived, uh, worked, and trained in a, in a textile factory. So it was not a selection. Um, the national team was not a, a proper selection of the best players of, of the country. But they were basically a, a corporate team from one factory. And they won everything. Um, the World uh, Championship at, in Moscow in 1962, the Olympic, um, the first Olympic um, medal in, in volleyball. So that's basically uh, what the, the content of my film. And the anime, was it inspired by them particularly, by this very team? Yeah, yeah, directly. Um, wow. Because they were, they became very popular, and they, they save in a way the. Um, the honor of the of uh, the country because the very last days of the, the Olympic Games in 1964, um, the, 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 in the judo tournament, the, um, uh, a Dutch uh, judoka win, mm -hmm. won the title, and so the Japanese uh, lost uh, the first judo event. So it was like you can imagine how. Um, depressing <laughs> it was for the whole country. And a few uh, hours later, um, the Japanese volleyball team uh, won the gold medal against the Soviet Union, and um, it became very popular. And in 1968, just before the, um, the Mexico Olympic Games, a brand that um, uh, manufactured and, and produced the volleyball, the ball uh, mm -hmm. for, for the Olympic Games, uh, ask um, to um, because they they have um, good sales in mind. Ask to to create a manga on volleyball, uh -huh. and um, taking advantage from the, the the popularity of the witches of the Orient. And this first manga was uh, created by a female mangaka that worked for a female um, a new, um, magazine called Margaret in 1968, and it was a huge success, and it turned to uh, an anime the next year, in 1969. And from that first uh, anime called Attack Number no. 1, um, every, you know, all the, the magazine and, um, and TV channel um, produced their own, and I, I found like 20 titles from the 60s to nowadays, so it's amazing. They, it creates a kind of tradition in manga and anime of volleyball, mm -hmm. and it always um, starring uh, women in, in this volleyball oh. anime. And, uh, because I, I, I remember when I was was a kid, I remember to watch in, in public channel, Portuguese public channel, also an um, uh, anime on football, which was very, uh, very popular. I, I can't remember uh, the name, but... Uh, yeah, we have the, yeah. the same in France, too. Yeah. And I was, of course, I'll, I'll ask you both some particular questions about your films, but also the challenge of it was to try to find connections between both films. And you were talking about the, uh, the, 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 the anima, anime that you saw as a child, and then you discovered with the film that it was about this particular story. And also, uh, your film, Blue Rose, also has this um, 
these uh, connections with, exactly. the, with your personal history. And, 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 and what I wanted to ask uh, and to introduce this theme that I think are both present in here, and I find it fascinating, uh, especially when we are dealing with films that are, that are more uh, lean on the documentary or essay film, are the, is the question of investigation. How each uh, uh, the documentary, uh, how each director would address and tackle the question of investigation. So maybe you can talk a little bit about the familiar aspect of that it's on the first part of the film, but also on the question of how to tackle this idea of investigation for the films. Yep. So the moment that Carlos mentioned is um, that the film starts with the sequence of the uh, archival photographs, and uh, it's actually uh, very close to what you described, this moment of a, a absolute bliss of finding this coincidence with your uh, adult persona and something very long forgotten from childhood. I also had this, and it actually sparkled the whole process and kicked off the whole process of filming. Is um, basically, uh, I I am uh, now 30. 34 already, and till the age of maybe 32, I was quite sure that I don't have any childhood photographs, or I have very few of them. And my parents were also quite sure about that because they said, oh, it was 90s, we were too busy with taking photographs. And then my grandparents, both of them, passed away, and it was a moment when you had to clear out the apartment. and. Uh, uh, I'm not living with my parents for already many years, and uh, they called and said, like, we found uh, three boxes of uh, photo slides. Uh, maybe you would like to have a look at them. And uh, I was like, sure. And so I visited my parents, and I was absolutely thrilled uh, because I discovered three boxes full of my photographs. It was only me on each of the slide. And uh, basically, they were all taken by my grandfather, who was a photo enthusiast, but who was also a very huge garden and flower enthusiast. So he was basically, what he was doing, he was putting me always in the middle of the shot, uh, uh, standing in front of his flowers and taking pictures of me in sort of the progression of many, many years. And uh, when I saw the pictures, it was uh, like a flashback, you know, in the spy films when a person remembers his previous or her previous lives, because I completely forgot about that. And uh, it suddenly really, <clears throat> you know, put all the lines together because I was absolutely clueless why I had this very strong interest in flowers. I thought it was purely aesthetical and I never could explain why exactly I'm so like keen on flowers. And then by seeing these photographs, I was like, okay, this is where it comes from. And uh, because I was going to make a film flower for quite a long time, but I was always thinking it would be some sort of you know, aesthetical, uh, very beautiful something. But then I was like, no, it, it's much deeper than this. And the investigation started from the self-investigation. So what drives me in particular to make the film about this particular subject? Because I think it's really the core sort of uh, knowledge about yourself that director needs to have, like what drives you personally. And then for me, always the process, because I'm very much a research-based director and uh, artist, so for me the research was really in the books in the beginning, so investigation about just reading about flowers a lot, about the history and um, uh, science also. And uh, I mean, I had at, at some point, I had just stack of notes, uh, this, this pile of notes with all the super crazy interesting facts. And through this investigation and reading, I found also the leads to my future heroes, like uh, they, one of the heroes of uh, the film is a Japanese person, and I read about him in one of the books, and then it like sort of unravels. And uh, so for me, investigation is always like, you know, trying to find a mushroom in the forest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and, uh, and then you arrange these mushrooms in a sort of a composition or something. And um, I would say that uh, the film was shot 
in my head before I started mm -hmm. to shoot, and it was all due to this investigative sort of approach, trying to learn, trying to be curious. So curiosity is my major driving force always. And then, of course, when you're in the field, you already film something different, but you always have this original plan or intention at least. So. Yeah, I would say for me, it's uh, the investigation is very much like the core uh, thing, the the practice that I because some you know documentary directors say like, what like what sort of research you just go out in the field, exactly. you meet people, what you it, yeah. you speak like run and gun camera. It's it's not my style at all. I'm I'm very very sort of nerdy mm -hmm. uh, person who really likes to you know read a lot before mm -hmm. you seeing stuff and and also before before Julian you were saying also remind us remind us of that the some stories that we've heard about the um, famous writers that whenever they wanted to 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 write a, a book or a novel about something fiction film then there was this this uh, uh, um, um, stories about the, the, the writers being closed in their in their rooms for years reading all they could about a certain subject just to create well, not just, but to create a fiction film. So this preparation investigation is also, that's remind me of this I idea. Th I think it also really has to do with the type of personality you have yeah. as a person, because I'm naturally a very, not a scared person, but I'm a bit afraid of the whole world that is out there. So I try to, you know, equip myself with a huge backpack of knowledge. Yeah. So when I'm out there, I have like this thing mm -hmm. behind me that can help me. But uh, I think it's very different. Maybe for Julian, yeah. it's very different. Yeah, um, I want also to react uh, maybe after my said my <laughs> my reply, because I think the um, the link, the parallel between flowers and archives could be a. A very nice uh, topic to talk about. Yeah, uh, I think I'm quite the same person that I uh, really need to 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 really um, uh, study. Um, it's probably because of my um, I had a four I spent four years in university and really like it. Um, I study history, contemporary history, and I like to read books and and articles and. To, to make my own opinion from it. And so this time, um, I just, it was interesting because it really has um, affected the, um, the way I, I make the film. So I read, um, because they were famous, I read uh, articles from the 60s, uh, mainly um, written by Westerners, um, American and uh, European. And and also from academics, um, more recent uh, paper um, on, on post-war um, era in Japan and how the, the country managed to rebuild and reformed um, from their the cornerstone, uh, everything, the society, the, the economy. And when I so when I discovered all these written materials, I was um, I was really upset by what I discovered, because the, um, I really th thought that um, they were just misunderstanding the, the the whole thing, because they were not aware of high-level sports and they were not aware of the Japanese uh, reality. So for the very first time, I feel the need to um, to meet the person. Uh, all my previous film was were made only with found footage, and there is no need for uh, uh, like uh, TV-like interviews um, because for me it was useless. And but this time it was not uh, because all these uh, observers, uh, academics, specialists, they were talking in the name of the players, and uh, those women never have the chance to speak for themselves and just to tell their story. So um, in this case, um, I just, the, um, the information, all the, the aspect of the story um, I could um, find in the, ar in the archives helped me to, um, to write um, a questionnaire for, for the players. But I was really keen on giving them the opportunity to, uh, to tell the story 
um, by themselves. So it was also very um, pleasant for me as a, as a filmmaker to, to discover my, my voiceover and, and don't write, don't have this uh, superpower to, to say what I want, but just um, discovering during the, the interview and the audio recordings. And so it, it helped me to, um, to ask the good questions in, in terms of, uh, I ask questions that I don't, um, I don't, I don't know the, the answer yet. I think it's very important also, um, maybe in more TV-like production, uh, filmmakers and producers, they already know uh, everything. And they just uh, try to, to tell their story, whatever the, the archives is really saying or proving. Because with the voiceover and the editing, you can uh, make the, the, the footage do speak for, for yourself. And in my case, I really like to, um, to speak uh, for uh, the footage or learn from them. And um, I don't want to slave them. I'd rather be mastered by them. And I just follow. And it drives me, um, really. Uh, to, to the story, and I try to, to do my best to, to respect um, the footage and just learn from it uh, instead of um, using it as, a, as an illustration of my, uh, of my, of my idea, of, my, of, of, of something I already uh, knew before. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, I'm also uh, a good student. I, I need to have uh, information and, and, and to work on and to know everything. I remember when I... I met the players. I have I found all the statistics of every other game, and some of them were substitute. Mm -hmm. And because they were very humble, they, they were saying that uh, no, no, I don't play uh, this <laughs> game because I was a substitute. And I said no, no, no. I, I, I have your stats. You, you, you were one of the best uh, players of this game. I said no, no. I said yes, and I showed them. And it, yes, so I, I also maybe to be to be more confident, I really have to. Uh, uh, to know, uh, to know the, yeah, to have this uh, first uh, work of um, of investigation and and um, and I think it also create um, yeah you 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 have to um, to find your way on in it into it and uh, and my film was uh, different after this uh, this mm -hmm. first uh, work in. in in the paper archives and uh, this first studying. Uh, mm -hmm. But I would say that chance encounters also play a big role because um, when you go out there uh, filming uh, the heroes or anything, you really need to be very alert <laughs> on what's happening around because some of the characters of my film, I would say most of them are absolutely chance encounters when I just saw a person and was fascinated by the way he looks uh, because mm -hmm. he had like very white hair and I was like wow he looks like a wizard and then I approached this man and he was absolutely baffled by me uh, you know approaching in the like out of nowhere saying like hello I would love to film you and he was uh, like actually from that moment I really had to spend two months calling him on the daily basis, uh, trying to persuade him to be in the film. And he was an uh, absolutely crazy person because he told me that I can only call him at six in the morning. So <laughs> I, was, I had to wake up every day six in the morning and call him and make this <laughs> lengthy conversations about why he needs to be in the film. And uh, Is this the one that you had on the, one of the chapters that's yeah, called The Wanderer? Yeah, yeah okay. it's, it's him. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so, and this is how the film was made up out of these chance encounters because there is also a chapter about the festivity in uh, rural Spain and we arrived there. Really, the only clue I had is that the website of their city 
uh, office and I wrote them this sort of school letter. Hello, my name is Olya. We would like to come and uh, film something. And they just answered very shortly, yes, you can come. And then we, we arrived there and nobody speaks English. No, like we really don't know if the festivity gonna happen or not because there is no Facebook page for it or anything. And then we just hear some distant music of like, you know, drum training and we uh, enter and it's a music Musical school for kids, and it's full of crazy, absolutely running around. Everyone is playing instruments, and I'm standing there, not knowing a word in Spanish, trying to explain that I would like to film uh, there. And they were like, "Yeah, we don't know. Maybe you come tomorrow. Maybe we will see something." And so, and it was this process of always, you know, finding the very end of the thread, and then pulling it like this, and uh, trying to. I absolutely agree with you that is the, the worst thing is just to impose your narrative on the footage mm -hmm. and trying to illustrate your thoughts or ideas with the like you know people around. So for me it was always the the other way around. So I find this fascinating person or the fascinating situation and I film it and then I understand what was behind it that could you know be backed up by my own thoughts and ideas but so i really share your logic and i also think is that we as film directors need to cater for the heroes and uh, environments that we want to highlight in our films and not other way around because i also think that this culture of the you know, director as a super figure that sort of, you know, superimposes his or her vision on the on the world is uh, is gone. Mm -hmm. and to try to bend a little bit the idea of reality yeah. towards your own ideas. Yeah, uh, uh, yes, yes. No, two days ago I was in another uh, discussion about a, a Portuguese uh, film a filmmaker, a documentary on a Portuguese filmmaker that already died some years ago called Paul Rocha, and he was has this beautiful sentence. He, he usually he did a fiction film, and he has this sentence that. He had these uh, ideas for the films, and even when he had some story already, he would uh, um, bend his uh, his head not to struck. Uh, the expression is something like to struck his head on the wall of reality, to and reality would uh, systematically prove him that the, his ideas were ridiculous because they were academic. So this idea of, of course, we are here. We are talking about construction of fiction film. But the fascination. Fasc Fascinating coincidence about this person is that he also spent ten, ten years living in Japan. Julian's ah, exactly. film yeah. is about Japanese people, and my film is very much about Jap Japanese sort of way of seeing stuff. And I'm also uh, my by, by my first education is the uh, Japanese specialist or whatever. I, I, I learned Japanese in school, so I think that uh, this. Uh, uh, the mentality that you described of, uh, you know, not trying to break the wall, but sort mm -hmm. of bend over and be observing, be very much open to what's happening is, mm -hmm. uh, I, I really admire this. And, mm -hmm. I, and um, in my film, I speak a lot about this sort of um, alternative modes of seeing the world and trying to see behind the patterns of attention that is already formed by mainstream culture. Mm -hmm. Because on, if we take the example of flowers, I would say the most obvious example is the flowers that are sold on the street. They're like very big and bright and like pop flowers. And uh, there is a way for example, for Japanese people to appreciate the beauty of very small and insignificant flowers mm -hmm. that are maybe not that beautiful, but still they have their own value. And um, I think it's yeah. uh, it's something that this uh, Paolo Rocha. Rocha, Rocha. Rocha also appreciated in yeah. Japanese culture. That's one of the things that I wanted to, maybe it's now the time to, to introduce that would link in, in a way, link the film, the both films, because of, of course all, your film also relates to, uh, to the Japanese uh, volleyball player, but also you, 
watching your film, we could sense that this Japanese team is not only addressing the question of sport, but also question the, uh, addressing the question of effort, team, teamwork, the, the, the post-war Japan. So um, in what way after or while you were doing and now that you've done the film, in what way the, this, your relationship with Japanese culture and Japanese uh, history changed uh, with, through the film? Wow, uh, hard to say like this. Um, of course, I learned many, many things, and that's uh, that's the pleasure, and that's uh, enjoyable to mm. make films to to learn something from it. Um, <clears throat> maybe I can just add something about uh, the making, and mm -hmm. I think we we are really keen on uh, choosing um, for every topic. Um, the good a new a new narration and not just uh, apply the same receipt for each film and because every subject every topic um, every people we met um, needs um, some a new a new form a new a new narration and this time um, when I discovered the story it was um, we can't um, isolate this um, group of women from the, the 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 rest from the historical and so social background and it was very um everything was really mixed mixed up um the anime was uh, vampirized the true story and uh, so everybody knew the the, the anime but not uh, the, the the first inspiration some some players started playing volleyball uh, after watching not the footage, but the anime, and they were inspired by fictional characters instead of true ones. So I really like this uh, chain of inspiration and how sometimes um, fiction and, and reality are just mixed up, and uh, it's uh, it like rebounds. You know, uh, a true story inspires a fiction, and a fiction creates some sometimes new style, new way of thinking, new way of dressing, new way of talking, and people in in everyday life. Ins uh, are actually inspired by this fiction uh, rather than um, another reality. So I really like, and so mm. that's why I choose to to interweave um, anime uh, footage and and the shooting of a new of our uh, um, commitment. And um, so um, I, I mainly discovered that. Um, but maybe I have to go more deeper in the content. Uh, my main um, discovery is um, how the Western countries uh, were convinced that they were more um, advanced in terms of uh, women emancipation. Because um, basically they, they considered the trainer of this woman uh, as a demon coach. They thought that he was a wicked man, and and the women were, because they were women, they are victims, and they don't choose to uh, to become uh, high-level athletes. <laughs> they were just uh, puppets, and and of course, it was not the case. Um, so I discovered how uh, Westerners, so to speak very generally, but yeah. um, we were convinced that uh, for. Let's say um, in France in the 60s, the women were um, able to do uh, almost everything and they can uh, work, but only if it was necessary. They can um, drink alcohol, but not too much uh, with moderation. They can't uh, get drunk like men do. And the, for the first time, the Westerners were, uh, they were shocked by the Japanese uh, method, so they the, the nickname, um, the coach, the demon coach, etc. And so they they tried to speak on the behalf of the of the women dignity, uh, but the, instead they they never imagined that um, those women could uh, not only accept it but choose it. And I discovered that in our and I think it's just still just um, it's it's still ruling um, nowadays. Um, women are getting more and more um, freedom and emancipate, but this 
this question of uh, excess and moderation is still uh, a mm -hmm. touchy one. Mm -hmm. So they were not, uh, they are facing for the first time peop, uh, women that train um, without any moderation. In France, uh, women um, practice some sports, but sparringly. Mm -hmm. And this time, uh, this uh, excess of women were unbearable. And uh, that's the main uh, things I, I learned from this story. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, I think uh, uh, there's also the question I think you, you mentioned a little bit before, which is challenge, challenging also the, a little bit the Western notion of what it, what it means to be a professional sportsman, because they usually went to 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 they they worked all day and then they 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 trained a lot so there was a very small time of of rest and still they won the gold medal so also the film I think tries to challenges a little bit that uh, the 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 specialized sportsmen are necessarily better fit to 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 win a lot yeah 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 it's um Maybe the, the, I was talking about the misunderstood, um, the misunderstandings. This uh, habit of the Japanese to uh, how they bear efforts and hard work is very far from uh, the French, uh, for instance, uh, type of uh, way, way of thinking. So uh, I think in Japan, in every things they do, um, not only train uh, sports training, but are and they go very deep and very seriously in the subject you know they are uh, very keen on doing giving the best they can they are mm -hmm. uh, very I don't know um, there's a taste for effort mm -hmm. and uh, and w w especially in France uh, the the notion the work is um, very quickly uh, a political issue you know uh, people are uh, um, Demonstrating for uh, the, um, not to to work too long in the life, and uh, work is not a way of um, of living. Uh, it's a it's a task, it's a duty, but it's not something that you want. Mm -hmm. In Japan, it's quite different. I think people really like to elderly people work. It's uh, it's a financial need for sure, but they are also very depressed when they are not. Um, allowed to work uh, to stop working mm -hmm. although they are sometimes 80 years old but uh, mm. that's why also i i saw in japan mm. i i I'm, one of the things that i i find it fascinating also uh, well on documentary fiction well in, in directing uh, in general is that whenever the director try, uh, makes a choice uh, it, 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 it deals with a lot of possibilities of what he's aiming at but also what he leaves behind and I was thinking about how uh, let's say um, some, sometimes the dangers or at least to go around the most common way of, of, of doing stuff and in, in Blue Rose I was thinking that the most what one of the things that challenging was more challenging to me is that the way that I think the film tries to go around the idea that um, if if I have a film about flowers, I already automatically have a beautiful film. So the idea, I, for me as a spectator, I always uh, I was I was uh, always engaging with a, another different idea of beauty, and it 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 it, it kind of reminds me. Uh, um, uh, it it kind of for me it's, it, this idea of beauty is a more maybe abstract idea, but it is it, it is a, somehow related with this question that we have already been discussing here, which is how can a film uh, transmit uh, to the audience uh, the the doubt of the creator, the doubt in the in the in the sense of humility. Like I pose myself a question, I don't know the answer, and still I do a film. And f this is one of the things that I find it more, most interesting. But this is, this is just a, a general comment on, uh, let's say, go around the most common stuff or the dangers. But I also also wanted to still to, to continue on this thread on, on the Japanese 
um, on the Japanese uh, culture, which is the uh, you you have the ikebana uh, moment. Well, from the beginning and then at the end. And I, I don't know if you if you thought about the structure it's itself of the film as some sort of flower arrangement art. Or oh, ab absolutely, yeah. and. Uh, uh, moreover, the, one of the titles in the progress of making the film was Fladiligium. Uh, Fladiligium. I don't think, I don't think I don't know the correct pronunciation, but it's the in the medieval time. Uh, it was the books in each page was uh, showing some sort of a piece of wisdom, and this wisdom was like a flower, and the, the bouquet of wisdom would, would be this book. <laughs> and so uh, for me it was always uh, each, because the film is built in chapters uh, that are seemingly not uh, connected directly by any sort of Mm, events uh, or, or characters that travel through them, but of course there is a traveling character that who is the narrator, who is me. Uh, but yes, I thought of the chapters as the arrangement of the flowers, and you very uh, rightfully um, mentioned the this critical uh, problem of uh, beautification of the content when it when we deal with the subjects that are traditionally objectified as beautiful or aesthetic uh, and we of course speak here of women and nature which are like the most problematic uh, in today's discourse of the political discourse of how do we speak of women or how do we speak of nature as not commodity or a resource of pure delight for your mm -hmm. eyes. <laughs> so, and for me, it's the worst compliment after my film would be people approaching me saying like, this was a beautiful film. <laughs> I would just la like to, you know, uh, kill this person because for me, uh, it, uh, it was the challenge how to over, uh, not oversee, but how to go out of this idea that film about flowers must be just the beautiful film because flowers are so beautiful and uh, yeah I was always trying to avoid this beautification and making alone you know steady shots with a flower mm. on a pedestal or whatever because uh, this is exactly what I was fighting against this um, absolutely omnipresent objectification and commodification of nature of flowers and um, one of the main ideas of the film is that plants and flowers in particular used to be uh, very meaningful um, symbols and signs that was used, were used in originally in early religions and then in medieval sacral knowledge and philosophy as the symbols of spiritual uh, cl clarity, growth and well, all sort of symbols, and then they, they would eventually lose the symbolic meaning and uh, end up as just, you know, commodity. And uh, so I was really, really struggling to find the way back to the moment where flowers and plants in general would uh, signify more than just a beautiful object. And yeah, it was hard because mm -hmm. I also work with a very talented talented director of photography, Sasha Kulak, and she cannot not shoot it beautifully. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it was quite problematic, but, uh, and I think that in the end, film is beautiful, but I also really hope that people will see in it more just than aesthetical beauty. Exactly. Did you uh, include uh, your ground parents' um, photographies in your yeah. film, of yeah. course. Yeah. So because uh, just uh, have in mind that um, um, of the, the beautiful book uh, of Roland Barthes in France, La, La Chambre Claire, he, 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 he talked about um, how peculiar are photography um, compared to film. And um, it's also his morbid aspect because it's just uh, Something that you captured but doesn't doesn't exist anymore, and I have also I really like um, I think your 
you find something very interesting between uh, working on flowers and 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 photography and and footage uh, makes sense for me because uh, flowers were also for for centuries uh, the main topic of what we call in paintings vanity mm -hmm. and vanity were a more um, Uh, how to express um, how elusive are the flowers. So they are dying also very quickly. And I, I think uh, I read this uh, very uh, intelligent book uh, written by Roland Barthes, and it really, you know, it changed my, really my point of view on, on, on photography. And I think the uh, photography of this particular uh, aspect of, of, of a frozen, uh, Um, time, you know, something that, and it's still moving without moving when you watch it, and it reminds me really of, of uh, what was the use of uh, vanity in paintings, uh, when you have a, a beautiful flower on a paintings near a, a skull or a candle, it was the, the, the three main topics of vanity. So I think flowers is also remind us of uh, how elusive is life, and so it's more, it's not only the beauty, but it's all how, oh, and, and it's the not sorted, but uh, of death, for sure. Yeah, that, that was uh, the main comment of my brother, who is absolutely unrelated to cinema, but he asked, why do you, don't you have any funerals or death? But I thought like this is really omnipresent when we speak of flowers because exactly. it's just the subline of the film is the journey to the world of fleeting beauty and is like it's constantly is elusive. And but also speaking of the relation of our two films, uh, as I mentioned before, this uh, nature and women as the main, you know, Uh, subjects of objectification and uh, Julian mentioned at some point that Westerners were overimposing their own narrative as what they thought about this uh, team in Japan and I think it's also very close to flowers because flowers like cannot speak to us let's put it this way so we so, sort of create the narratives for flowers the way Westerners created the narrative for this team and Uh, I would say it's it's the interesting challenge for director to try to uh, hear what these uh, seemingly silent characters could tell for themselves. And it's amazing that you found a way to reach out to the to the women and have have conversation with them. I mean, I, I didn't have conversations with flowers, of course, <laughs> but I was trying to sort of read read mm -hmm. read them. But there, there is a sentence <coughs> which I think kind of fits this not because what we were talking here is not so much to to avoid the, the notion of beauty, but it's to to make it more dense, more complex, aside from the aesthetic part of beauty. And, and there's this sentence, I think, in the film, which says that flowers used to be texts, and now they are just images. So it, it kind of also reminds me of this idea of uh, there was this different signifiers for flowers over the years and suddenly they are just okay the the they are they go with the short ticket to say i i love you or my sentiments or whatever so this 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 goes in the in the in the other direction of the the idea of trying to 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 be more complex yeah yeah so i would say that the simplification is the main problem of 20 21st yeah. century and 20th century modernism and all these dualities is basically like shortcuts for simplifying everything is like they are either the angels or witches yeah. they, they did not try to yeah. find something in between so I would I really like the word nuanced and nuances yeah. so you really try to see the, the shades and uh, avoid the dualistic vision of uh, any subject It's still about the question of whenever you doing a film, trying to do a challenge, challenging, try to challenge things, and try to do to find that in the in the mid in the in the the path in between things. One of the things that is most fascinating about uh, Sorcière is that the way you manage to, in a way, have a more humane portrait of these 
these women that you go and meet, but at the same time, in the same film, you have anime and you have uh, portiched uh, songs and you have like, let's say, very uh, um, uh, broadly phrased, uh, more uh, uh, pop aesthetics. So how, uh, was this uh, in your mind uh, wherever, whenever you were doing the film, was this a, a problem in the sense that would these two universes fit in a way or not? Or just, okay, it felt right and there was no question about this, uh, this uh, marriage of, let's say, pop aesthetics or... In um, <clears throat> As I already said, um, I really thought that uh, their story were very um, linked to to the anime. They inspired. They were inspired. Uh, they're the source of inspiration, mm -hmm. and also the era they were living in. Um, the reconstruction of the country and the whole society was um, expected to work a lot to, for this um, um, recovery. So they were just in, involved in all these things. So everything was um, mixed up. And I can't really um, um, put away a, a thing from the other. Mm -hmm. So that's why I I, I work with a very um, interweaved uh, editing. Mm -hmm. uh, it was really my my purpose and my, my aim. But I have also want to, to add a more um, practical uh, dimension to our discussion because sometimes the audience and critics they, we we forget that we also have very many technical issues. Exactly. And in my case, um, I work with footage, and um, I have, for instance, uh, two long game to uh, to tell to, to tell the story of of, uh, of a volleyball match, but. For the um, the World Championship uh, final, I found um, a Russian film that was preserved in my collection, and the footage lasts like uh, three or four minutes only, and the editing was uh, weird, and you can't really figure out the rallies and how it was um, the the running of the of the of the, of the match. So um, I discovered that Attack Number One, the anime. Uh, this uh, anime lasts uh, one and uh, four episodes, and the very the two last episodes were uh, focusing on a game, on a match between Japan and USSR. So I have now um, 40 minutes of footage, uh, which was an anime. But so I just try and uh, just use the anime to fill uh, to fill in the void left by the footage, and use the anime as a, as 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 a, as a mark, as a, as a, as as if as if it was a reality captured. Mm -hmm. So um, I was resolving here uh, technical issues uh, before um, I woke up and say, okay, I'm a genius. I have this <laughs> magnificent mm -hmm. idea. I'm gonna edit anime, and it was mm -hmm. just. And we were talking about. I think our. Um, Ability of filmmakers is, I think, to to grab opportunities and just uh, look at what we have and what's the best thing I can do with it. I have, I don't have all the footage I need, so let's find it. And I think this is exactly where uh, the creativity could could uh, happen. You, know? mm -hmm. you have to be a, uh, you have to have a frame. I'm like just like you. We have so many good subjects and so many things to do. We we need also to focus on something because it could be uh, yeah. uh, freaking to have all these uh, these topics around. Uh, so um, technical issues sometimes help us to uh, to uh, to be creative and um, and the issues could be uh, yeah the, the the real source of creativity. Mm -hmm. And also the history of cinema is, uh, is the main changes in the history of cinema. And most of the times they are doing this. They are doing solving partic uh, uh, technical particular things. And suddenly from this, that grows a lot of... Yeah, mistakes uh, became mistakes, a wonderful uh, creation. Problem, uh, yeah, problem solving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have, we haven't talked about uh, a little bit about one of the m also most 
the most uh, interesting and compelling uh, elements of, of the film, which is uh, in some parts, not the whole film, sometimes the, the voiceover. It's, it's, uh, it it kind of reminds me a little bit some Russian tradition because it's uh, of some film because it's so poetically in a way. I want to ask you if it was, how do you write it or how did it come about? Uh, um, well, um, I would say I was uh, being pregnant with this text for quite a while and I was just waiting for the right moment. Uh, and only when I shot the film, uh, I already knew the, uh, the voiceover that would be right for the scenes. So when I shot it, but before starting to edit it, I wrote the text mm -hmm. and uh, I would just write it one chapter a day uh, in one sprint and I never edit the texts. So once it's done, it's done. I'm not rewriting anything or revising. And uh, for me, because it's a, a debut film, uh, it's uh, uh, it was quite a challenging experience for me as like coming out as a filmmaker because I have been on the other side of the uh, business for quite a while. I was creative director, so I was working with directors as a person who, you know, asks directors to do stuff. And then I sort of crossed this line on the sand and mm -hmm. uh, became myself a filmmaker. So for me, uh, f voicing it and voicing uh, this, the, the whole, you know, my transformation was very important. So I had to read the voiceover myself, although I was really trying to avoid it till the very last minute. And I was doing tests with different uh, friends of mine who have really nice voice or who had voice that I liked. And uh, it was always, it always felt weird. And then I worked with uh, two very talented persons uh, uh, on sound. And both of them told me like, you must do it yourself because it's your text it's very personal it's a very personal film so it needs to be a voice and it needs to be in russian because uh, really it's it's something that comes from you and uh, yeah and me not being a professional reader of course it it was uh, uh, it was a torturing experience mm. of reading it to be honest uh, and uh, in the film, uh, the voiceover that is used is actually a draft voiceover that I recorded on my iPhone <laughs> to, to edit the film, because it, it in the end it was the one that sounded the most, you know, intimately and sincere and uh, real and normal. Because uh, at the moment when I was in the studio, I had to make this voice. I mm -hmm. I couldn't, you know, relax myself. So. Uh, but the tradition, uh, the text uh, was really much inspired by, and the writing style was very much inspired by the writings I was reading specifically uh, to get myself inspired. Uh, I was reading one of the most uh, genius, absolutely, book uh, that is called uh, Modern Nature by Derek Jarman. Uh, it's a beautifully written uh, text uh, that he wrote. Uh, he started to write it when he already knew that he will die. And uh, uh, he was diagnosed with AIDS, and uh, it was just a matter of time. And he started to have a garden. So he was gardening, and he was basically, you know, trying to fight this uh, the, the fear of death, he was writing down very simple notes of how plants are doing in his garden. So today this one is bloomed, this one died, blah, 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 blah. And so by the end of the book, he's already blind and he's losing, you know, everything. And uh, But uh, the way it was written, the text, I really love this very personal, very sincere intonation and I tried to keep it. And this was one text, and the second one was, of course, as any de debut filmmaker is Chris Marker. And uh, I read the original text for Sansele maybe 200 times. Mm -hmm. And uh, But I also realized that I need 
do not need to overstress myself too much because he wrote it when he was 66 and <laughs> so I thought like I still have time in my life to reach this sort of craft but uh, yeah so again reading a lot preparation mm -hmm. getting yourself inspired was very much part of this voiceover and you 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 tell that uh, you you don't edit um, the draft voice so in, um, during the editing of the of the image you never add or um, or cut the, the original draft um. mm, well no not really because I find it uh, it's very it's a very tempting thing to beautify the text again and again and again but then I also afraid that I will eventually depart from the original feeling that was in this text that was maybe put awkwardly in the words but it somehow revealed what I felt in the moment and then if I re-edit it because I'm good in editing stuff, in writing very smart, intelligent texts, in the, in the end it will be a sort of a, a monster, a beautiful monster full of very intelligent long words and constructions and this is already something else. Uh, so I try to really beat my hands and, and not edit. Well, um, unfortunately, our time is, is up. Um, well, it was a great, great pleasure to talk to you both. Uh, I want to thank you both for being here with us. And I want to remind everyone that has been listening, and I hope what we've said here sparkled the curiosity to go and watch Blue Rose on the 1st of September, 1845, uh, here at Kultur small auditorium. And also the Sorcières de Lorient tonight at 9.45 at Cinema Saint Georges, Sala Manuel de Oliveira, or also outside near uh, Culturgest tomorrow at 9.15, uh, Library Palacio Galveira's Garden. It's going to be a wonderful time to be there as well. Thank you both. It was Thank you. It Thank was, you. It Thank was you. really nice. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah.